Double O Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Ophelia. And this is Estrus. And it's June 25th, 2011. And we're recording an episode because we've been having trouble working out a schedule lately. But we are here this week and we yeah. don't have a guest because we don't, I don't know, why don't we have a guest? I kind of like that we don't have one, to be perfectly honest. Like, I mean, yeah, because we, we, we want to have like a coffee night, just like you and me. And Yeah, I mean, I, and then don't get me wrong, I love the guests that we've had, and we've had some awesome guests. And I think, especially with the theme of the show, I think it's really nice to just have it be about us. And and we've always done really scripted shows, and, you know, a script, you know, well, there is scripting there. And I mean, even this one kind of has a framework, but I think kind of the way we're going to do this episode is it, it is going to be kind of small talky and, um, I think it's just best if we have the two of us. Um, I think it's also been that we've had a really hard time figuring out who to have next. <laughs> um, and I know we had one idea that didn't really pan out, and we had another idea that didn't really pan out. So, you know, it just happened to be a really good time, and I, I'm really I'm really glad we're doing it. So Yeah, because no, we still have lots of stuff to talk about, because we haven't recorded very much lately, so all these things have happened since last time. Yeah, and it's just it's just that time of the year where, you know, a lot of there's just a lot to tie up and a lot of things like that. And we could certainly have a third person on to share in what we're gonna talk about, but I think it's just good to take it back a notch and um and we should be getting back to our regular schedule soon. So um I do think once that starts we can start to pick up again with the guest host, but you know, I think it's good we're doing it just the two of us. I'm happy. Yeah. Yeah. So you did mention the fact that we hadn't recorded in a while and one of the reasons is because you went on your your tour i yeah, call it I was at your house <laughs> i call it the bossy pally and the giant spoon tour i'm telling you, you said that's really what it felt like because it was like get on the bus get off the bus get repack get back on the bus like it really felt like i was on tour I'm telling you, I, every time I imagine, I just I just keep imagining these T-shirts. You know how they have the dates on the back and like the signatures, and then there's the picture of you like getting off the bus on the front. I'm telling you, if you want. Yeah, when you first mentioned that, I was like, no, that would never work. But it felt so much like a tour. I, mean, I wasn't expecting to meet so many people, and I but I did, and I was like, man, you know, I should have a T-shirt like commemorating the event. You know, <laughs> Had anyone own, who was like, nice stand. enough to meet up with me and or you know share a bit of their time with me you know here take a t-shirt so like what was the reason like i'm under the impression that this is something you you do regularly or that you've done before like you seem like that type yeah i try to fit it in as much as possible um like actually within the backpack community i'm I'm a newbie like i'm I'm a baby i mean you know i've never backpacked asia i've never backpacked australia i've never been to europe uh haven't fed sick kids in africa but uh i I do a lot of north america because you know whenever there's something going on somewhere and i have to go i try to turn it into a vacation and which is what i did this time is i had to move i'm I'm moving uh, across the country and i needed to go find a place to live because i didn't want to show up there with uh, two suitcases and be like, all right, uh, I'm homeless right now. <laughs> and so, yeah, I went there. And uh, while I was there, I bought a Greyhound pass and for two weeks. Um, because if you're a member of Hosteling International, I'm going to plug Hosteling International memberships. If you're a member, you get, the price, you get a two-week Greyhound pass for the price of a seven-day Greyhound pass. Wow. And and what's nice what's nice with the Greyhound as opposed to with the train companies is well when it's a little bit cheaper. And for two you can go back and forth across the border. So, you know, I started off in Canada, made my way east. I've always wanted to go across Canada mm-hmm. uh, like that. Um maybe not in one shot. So I didn't do it in one shot. I you know, made it as far as Toronto and then I went south and then I came back up to Quebec City, uh, through the States, like through New York State and all that. And uh yeah, two weeks of 
you know, it's, it's a lot of grand in two weeks. So it was a lot of getting on, getting off the bus. But yeah, I met people almost everywhere, like other bloggers, oh, wow people. And yeah, it was just such a great experience. It made me realize you know, how extended this community is, but, and also how much, you know, even though we all live really far away from each other, like how helpful and kind everyone is. So let me kind of just follow along with you here. So who was the first person you met up with that people might know? Was that Vidalia? Uh, I met Fannin first. Okay. She actually picked me up at the airport. Okay. Because uh, I'm moving to a small town out in the middle of nowhere where there is no airport. So I fly <laughs> in, I had to fly into Edmonton. And he met me at the airport, and I stayed with him and his family for two nights. A wonderful people. Really, really, really nice people. So how far away are they going to be close to where you're living? Or? They're three hours away, but okay. in middle of nowhere standards, that's like really close. Wow. Uh, yeah, I kind of offered to pick me up at the airport again when I when I go out there to move and help shuttle me between the airport and the Greyhound station, which is really nice of him and a total lifesaver. And you saw the baby. Yes. Oh, oh, I love that baby. I actually, I'm really prone to looking at that website at work. And if you work in any kind of office space, it's typically pretty quiet. And then any kind of outbursts you have really draw attention to you. So I'll be looking at the site and I'll just start cooing. It's like, oh, it just, it, it, I just start clicking on pictures and it's very, it's very squeal worthy. So I, I do love the baby and I love when he posts about the baby. And, um, and I also hear there were some pictures of a certain sexy paladin that were taken in by Fanon. Yeah, well, Fan is a photographer by trade. Uh, he doesn't work in the as a photographer right now, but uh, uh, yeah, so he's all, "Oh, can I can I take your picture?" And I'm like, "Yeah, sure. No one's ever taken my picture before." <laughs> I mean, yeah, you know, like you know, at Sears, they've taken my picture before. Right? I've had a couple passport pictures done, but you know, even if you look at my Facebook, there's never any pictures of me. Right? So I'm like, Yay! Someone's taking my picture, and yeah, they turned out amazing. They were gorgeous pictures. Like, yeah, I, I don't actually look like that. Yeah, you do. You you are adorable. And it, yeah, they, he did a very good job. And I'm kind of the same way. And it's funny because anytime you do something online, I don't know if it's just the way that our culture works now, but people want to take pictures of everything. Wherever they go, whatever they're doing, someone's taking a picture. And I'm not really like that. Like I'm somebody where I wish, I certainly wish we had taken pictures because you coming here was certainly an experience. It was certainly a moment and that's something I would have liked to have had pictures of. But, you know, I get the same thing too. I have maybe three or four pictures online and it's not that I'm hiding anything. It's just I'm not somebody who feels the need to, to photograph every moment I experience. And I think if we go to when we're at BlizzCon, I'd love to have pictures taken with you. And that's, again, going to be a moment to take pictures. Um, but I can relate to that. And you do look amazing. So Fanon did <laughs> a great you. job. And you do look like that. I think maybe, you know, the lighting helped a little bit. But I remember you being pretty ravishing when you were here. Ah, thank you. Yeah. So, okay, so there was Fanon first. Yeah. And the Fanon family of Fanon. And then who was next? Uh, yeah, then, well, then I went up to Hinton, and I made my way back, uh, and in Calgary, I met Vidiala and Vasca, so Vidiala from Manalicious, and formerly the Pugging Tally, mm-hmm. and Vasca, who's her husband, and he writes Sword and Ward. I'll put everybody's blogs up in the show notes. So yeah, I knew. I know her. I know her. I like Manalicious. I've heard his name thrown around, but I didn't know he was a blogger, too, so I'm inclined to check him out now, too. Yeah, That's I didn't know cool. him very well either. It actually turns out he's from the same corner of the world I am. So we had lots to talk about. Wow. 
Yeah, I know. Um, it's actually really funny because going back to the office, her site is one of the blogs that for some reason does not show up very well on my work computer. Like for some reason, when I look up Manalicious at work, all I see is this white box that covers all of the text. And I think the white box is actually in the background. So I keep meaning to view her blog a lot more than I do. But because I do a lot of my blog trolling at work, hers is just, hers is just one of those sites I can't see as much as I would like. So, But when I do get to catch her site, I do like what I see. So That's what's she- great with readers is that it gets rid of all the HTML and coding so that I'm all you so get is behind the, the time on that. I know. I still manually click everybody I read. And well, it gives them heads. Like, people like that when you do that. But uh, I, I, ever since I discovered readers, I've converted to readers. It's just so much simpler. Plus, you know, whenever someone updates. Yeah, that's true. So was she cool? Like, what did you guys do? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I met her. It was actually kind of funny when I met her because – uh, I had ripped my pants right before, and I only had one pair of pants with me. I had lots of shorts and skirts and dresses because I thought it was summer, but apparently it's not. Where did in your Canada, jeans rip? In Canada, we don't have these um, global warming things. Like, I don't know, it, it kind of pat. I think Toronto gets a little bit, but it's because Toronto's almost on the border. But everywhere else, yeah, no, no global warming. So, did so your anyway, did your yes, I was rip? freezing to death, and I had no pants. So no, did I was, your jeans rip to the point where you couldn't wear them anymore? Well, it's or was where it like a they ripped. Yeah, they kind of ripped. You know, because, you know, ripped jeans are cool right now, but not ripped where they were. So I was wearing a very long shirt. Okay, you're going to need to be more specific. <laughs> I, I, I was wearing a very long shirt, and it ripped okay. where everywhere around with that shirt covered. Like, I don't know. Maybe just, I, I must I'll have, like, put on, like, 20 pounds well, like or something, because, like, my pants were just... Because I'm actually prone to that myself. Like whenever my jeans rip, it's always crotches and knees. I don't know what God's trying to tell me, but yeah, it never fails. See, and knees knees oh. isn't bad. It ripped, ripped at the knees is cool. Like that's in style right now. But yeah. ripped at the crotch, never good. <laughs> like unless you have this weird ripped at the crotch fetish, it's, it's never good. And I tried to pull it off. Like I've had so many jeans that I just couldn't bear to part with. And I was like, maybe nobody will notice. And it's cute for a little while, depending on the size of the rip. And then eventually, like, you know, you're just... Yeah, that's not cool. But anyway, back to the story. Yeah. Yeah, so I was jean shopping, and uh, she was coming into town, so we like we were texting back and forth. It's, it's, she lives in the suburbs, so about like an hour outside of town. And so, yeah, so we're texting back and forth, and she texts me, and she says, I'm here, where are you? And I was in the change room, and I'm like, you know, trying to buy a decent pair of pants fast before I meet her. Um, yeah, so that was all, I was all over the place. And, you know, whenever you meet someone, for the first time that you've been talking to for a while, and especially someone like Vidyala, who I really look up to, um, you know, I kind of want to look my best. And here I was, a hair mask, like just run out of the changing room, like pulling on these jeans. And the first thing I tell her is, hey, I have to go to the bathroom and get changed. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, that, that's it for first impressions. But she was wonderful. And, uh, yeah, she, uh, yeah, she she acted like it was completely normal. And, um yeah, very, very, she was, oh, so nice, and showed me around town. She was afraid that we'd get lost, but we didn't. And, uh, yeah, we went out. Just so I have a lot of the same tastes in food, so that was excellent. There was no arguing about restaurants, and she knew all the good places. And we went for cupcakes uh, in Calgary. Oh, there's there's a cupcake shop in Calgary that's, it's like world famous. Everybody who goes to Calgary goes to that cupcake oh. shop. So we went and picked up cupcakes there. And, um, yeah, we went, and we, we just walked around. Quite a bit. She showed, oh, we went to um, an arts museum. Uh, and then uh, we met up with Fosca because he finished work. And we went out for sushi. Ooh. Yeah, it was great. And 
it's hard to find good sushi places out west because yeah, there's no ocean. But uh, yeah, their, their sushi was fresh. I think they have it flown in like, every day. Ooh. And, well, you don't really have a choice when you're a sushi place out in the middle of the prairies. Yeah, because I was like, we have sushi places here, and it's it's pretty good sushi, but I, I've never bothered yeah, to you, think of where it comes from. So yeah, you're right. you have a lake right there, so they probably get some fish from there, True. and the rest of the fish would have to fly in, the ocean yeah. fish. But yeah, and um, yeah, we we talked, and they uh, they drove me around and showed me the city, and it's it's great to have locals show you around like that. Cause there's only so much you can see on the city bus. Right. Did you stay with them or? No. Okay. No, I stayed at the hospital. I was only there for one night and I got there like at five in the morning. I know, I know they were renovating their house. Plus I was coming in at five in the morning and I wasn't going to show up at the doorstep like, Hey, wake up everyone. I'm here. (laughs) Banging your giant spoon on the door. Yeah. (laughs) Nice. Yeah. So So after her came. After that, I went to Winnipeg. I didn't meet anybody in Winnipeg. I don't know what happened there. Or, well, I know some people there, but I don't think they wanted to see me because uh, <laughs> they never answered me when I asked. Uh, and, yeah, but it was all right. It was, I had a really good time in Winnipeg. Beautiful city. Really, really beautiful. Okay. And then uh, I got on the bus. Well, actually, I, I was really lucky because it's, I think, three-day bus ride between Winnipeg and Milwaukee because, you know, the Greyhound can't just go straight down. It has to go all the way across Ontario, oh, yeah. all the way down through Detroit, through Chicago, and back up. Yeah. So I was lucky I got a ride out to Thunder Bay. It was very, very cute uh, Australian guy who <laughs> I hope doesn't listen to this podcast because he'd be really embarrassed. But he, he was really sweet. And he uh, drove me up to Thunder Bay. And then from Thunder Bay, I took the bus and it was, who was it? It was like two nights or three nights on the bus. I can't even remember. They all just blur together. And eventually did I was, you, I was there. You, I was at your house. Did you know oh, the Australian yeah. guy or? I met him in Winnipeg. Yeah. We went out for drinks and like hosteling, <laughs> you have to understand hostel, what the hosteling is like. And you know, if you tried it, that's where you'd be just as addicted to it as I am. Like, everyone is just so nice. You're all in the same mind space it's all about helping each other out you know, you're all living out of a suitcase you all look like crap you all smell funny um yeah so everyone's just helping everybody else out like there's no it's it's so unpretentious it's yeah oh, i it's couldn't do that like i so and much I love, fun and, and, I, sorry. and you, you're you're just best friends with everyone like right away and we're all travelers so you know that it's you know we're only going to hang out for one night but, you know, the, the night's going to count. Like, we're going to have a great time. And then, you know, the next day we're all going to go away. Maybe we'll exchange Facebook information. Maybe a few new Facebook friends. And then you you just go your way. Yeah, I could do that. And I actually, you know, I have a really good friend. I think I told you about her. And she she does the same thing. Like, she's so free-spirited. And she loves to just go traveling. And she's she belongs to this site that's like couchhop.com or couchsurf.com. Couchsurfing, yeah. I'm right, on that and, she, and she'll do that. And she'll call me. And she's like, you know, I'm going on this journey. And I don't know when I'll be back. And I'm like, and I'm so pragmatic that I'm like, well, who are you staying with? And she's like, I don't know. But they seem nice. And I'm like, if that were me, like, no, no, I couldn't do oh, that. You do. Well, I used to think that. And then I tried it. And ever since then, I've been hooked. Like, if you tried it, you see it's it's a lot easier than you think it is. And people are a lot nicer than you expect them to be. Well, it's not really a nice thing for me. It would just be, like, a safety. Like, do I know these people? Where well, am I going to – that's what it is. You realize once you do it that it is really safe. Like, couch surfing – well, couch, the site isn't bad because you review – People. So if you sleep on their couch, where you say, "Well, this person was wonderful," or "This person was a douchebag," so you know ahead of time 
what people think of this person. And in hostels, it's not like it's it's a hotel. Like they they have standards. So I you know South America, Europe, I hear they're not quite the same, but U.S. and Canada they have standards and they're pretty high. So it'll be clean. Um, you know maybe not as clean as a, a five star hotel, but it, it's clean. It's sanitary. Um, no one's gonna stab you in your bed. Uh, there are lockers. There's put beds. Your valuables in what? There's beds. Yeah, of course there's beds. I, I didn't. I didn't know. I mean, I some didn't of know them are actually talks. really comfortable. What's going on? No, some of them are actually really comfortable. Okay, Not so all of them, but some okay. of them are. I didn't even know that. Like, I just imagined them to be almost shelter-like. Like, I was like, are you sleeping oh, in beds? Like, what's no, going no, on? No, no. Some of the city ones are a little bit cramped, so you've got uh, bunk beds. But um, smaller city ones aren't. They, they're very nice. And, wow. Yeah, and you have a couple of roommates, um, usually, like, between four. And in the major cities, there's 12 roommates. And, yeah, like, it's – you. you if you don't feel like talking to people, they understand that and they'll leave you alone. If you feel like talking, you can have great conversations with people and like, you're always exchanging information. So someone makes a cool discovery somewhere, they'll tell you about it and you tell about like the things you discovered. So it, it's really easy. And you know, and in the hostels, you're well taken care of. The staff know usually know the city really, really well. If you have any questions, they'll be able to answer you. You need help with anything, they'll jump and they'll help you. So yeah, it, it's not scary at all. Do they feed you? Some of them do. Okay. Most of them have free breakfasts. Sometimes the bigger ones you can buy meals or you can cook there yourself. Okay. But if when I go to a new city, I'm I'm a foodie, right? So when mm-hmm. I go to a new city, I want to go to the restaurants anyway. I don't usually eat at the hostels, unless it's towards the end of the journey and I'm really fed up. Okay, I heard. <laughs> okay, so you definitely dispelled a lot of the myths for me because I mean I just imagine them to be sort of strange places, but they don't sound so bad now. Oh my goodness, no! And they have to meet standards to be credited, and the standards okay. in the U.S. and Canada are really high. Okay. <laughs> I didn't know that. I've heard horror stories about European ones and about South American ones. I mean, I can't confirm them, but like, their standards aren't as high as ours are. Well, there's also horror movies about, like, European ones. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. But that's just a movie. It's I know. It never actually happened. <laughs> Two of them. Creep, and possibly a third. That's creepy. So, okay. So, you're on your way to Milwaukee. I assume I was next on the list. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. So, Let's yeah, get into that. Yeah. Get into Milwaukee, and you're there, and... Then we went to your place. And, yes. and I think we went to your place. Yeah. The shower. Like, I think there was a yeah, shower. Yes, I remember that. Oh, yeah. I think that's like, the first thing I said to you was, hey, I need a shower. <laughs> and I don't remember you being, like, I still remember you being cute, like, getting off the bus. Like, you, you definitely looked a little famished, but there was never, I don't think there was any stench. There was any, there was no, there was no way that I would look at you and say, she's been unclean or anything like that. My like, hair was the, really greasy, but I have really greasy okay. hair. So if I don't wash it every night, it gets really bad. So, yeah, I'm like, my hair is just, oh, I'm going to rip it all out. But, yeah, I carry deodorant with me when I sleep on the bus, so I hope it helps. Yeah, see, I can't wash my hair every day, so I, I do prefer, I do, you know, prefer to not wash it every day. And my hair actually looks better when I don't, so my hair tends to look better on the second and yeah, third and possibly fourth. Yeah, people try hair. Yeah. I still shower, but there's just no, there's, I just don't wash my hair when I. Yeah, this is what you listen to Double O podcast for. Yeah. <laughs> How do you wash your hair? Grooming habits, you know. <laughs> well, hey, Aliana does like makeup tutorials and shit, so we can do that too. So. <laughs> okay, so I take you back to my place, like you said, and what else? I, I think. Yeah, I think, so like the first thing I did when I got to your place was take all my clothes off. You did. I'm I'm that good, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> 
Okay. And then I was really hell-bent on getting you pillows because I didn't have any pillows at the time. So my dad took us to Target, I believe. Yeah. There was brunch. What did we do first? Yeah, we went to brunch first. Yes. Right. And it was a good brunch, I remember. It was. Yeah. It was was a really nice place. Yeah. We went to Stacked, and then Daddy took us to Target. And I remember asking you if you'd been to a Target before (laughs) Because I didn't know. I didn't we know. actually don't have them in Canada, as far as I know. I think they were talking about getting them. They bought out. They bought out some line of stores, and they were thinking of bringing Target into Canada, but we don't. So, but I have lived in California, and when okay. I lived in California, we had a Target. Okay, I do love the Target. So we bought you pillows. You met my dad. I think my dad kind of went through some history of Canada with you, a little bit. Yeah, yeah. We talked about okay. his time in the military. Okay. And he, he lived in um, Labrador, I believe. Right. It's part of Canada. It's a part of Canada nobody ever goes to unless you have to. Right. <laughs> but it is part of Canada. There's not very many people live there. Well, he was on topic, so that's good, because normally my dad can kind of stray a little bit. Like, I took my dad for a cruise for Father's Day, and he spent most of the cruise talking about money. So, like, we're going down the river, and he's looking at all these apartments, and he's like, oh, look how much that costs. Or, oh, I feel bad for that guy who can't afford that boat. And I'm like, Daddy, you're, look at the water. Look at the water. And he's just not. Oh, he should not meet my open. dad. We totally get along. Yeah, so he spent most of the trip breaking down how much everything cost and how, you know, he couldn't believe everybody could afford it and there was no money in Milwaukee and, yeah, and so <laughs> everything else was lost on him. But So I'm glad you and Daddy got along. And then I remember we took naps because I was really tired. And did you did you actually sleep or were you just watching? Yeah, a- I did. Yeah, I did. I was going to watch a movie, but then I realized that I'd been on a bus for three days, so I was okay. really tired. Now, did my cat start sleeping on your head at that point or was it at night? I don't remember. Okay, because I know that was where she slept for both days, I believe. Yeah, yeah, it was awesome. <laughs> I, I really want a cat, but I can't have pets in my apartment. Even the so, new one? Well, yeah, especially the new one. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, but that's why I play with everybody else's. Yeah, so, and I, I think we went out for pizza that night, and we talked about boys, and um, we had really good pizza, I seem to recall. And I just remember amassing a lot of leftovers with you here because <laughs> I remember you're very conscious about not being wasteful. So you were always, you know, if it seemed like we had too much that we were throwing out, you were like, Get this oh, good. yeah, Americans have massive portions. Oh, so much <laughs> food. Actually, I noticed like the when, as soon as I went over the border after lunch, I'd have such big lunches that I couldn't eat supper. Mm. Like in Canada, it's never like that. Like lunches are little. But then when I was in the States, like, oh, huge portions. And, like, you're trying to eat supper, and I'd be like, oh, I'll, I'll have the salad, I guess. <laughs> Maybe that's one of the reasons we're having such an obesity epidemic is because our portions are so oversized. Stretches the stomach. Yeah, it does. And then, okay, so Monday we hung out, and I believe we went to the safe house, correct? Yeah, uh, well, yeah. we went at some point. I can't remember which day. I am lost in the days of the week. They all just blur together. Well, I remember you wanted to do the two on Monday. Yeah, well, we went to the safe house. And they didn't ask you for the password, which made me so mad. Because the whole point of the safe house, for those who don't know, is it's a spy-themed restaurant. And it's it's in a nondescript building, and they have, like, a side door. And if you go after 5 p.m. during the week, you have to have a password. And if you don't know the password, they make you do something embarrassing or, like, some humiliating thing, like, you know, dance on one leg or cluck like a chicken or something. But the kicker is that there are cameras throughout the entire restaurant. So all the diners and all the patrons can see you doing something stupid to have to get in the restaurant. And then when you do that stupid thing they push a button and the bookcase slides 
and you get to walk in through the bookcase and then there's another door that splits in half so it's very cloak and dagger and then they have you know decorations on the walls and the waiters refer to you as agents and um the menu everything has a spy name to it and there's just lots of trickery on the walls and they also have a series of tubes throughout the ceiling where like if you order a martini or you order a mixed drink it comes in the tubes you get to watch the tubes like light up and it's and it goes yeah we didn't do that we forgot to order yeah we didn't order any booze but we we did have a very casablanca looking booth with beaded curtains and it was very cool it was very cool it's very cool and then there was a picture of that we should have, and I just can't believe we didn't. And then there was a guy who talked to you about broken bones, I believe, and <laughs> he let me rub his head, so I was really happy with that. And um, and then for the last day, I think you did get your tour. Yeah, yeah. The first day, I went looking for the brewery, and I couldn't find the brewery, so I went to the public museum, but then I couldn't find the public museum, so I ended up going to the art museum. A really but, cool yeah, art museum was really good. They had yeah. the Chinese expositions. And yeah. I really like Asian art, so I thought it was a lot of fun. Yeah, our museum looks really cool. I don't think there's anything like it out there that looks yeah, like the, a boat. Yeah, the architecture is amazing. And I also yeah, like architecture, so yeah, I was doubly excited. <laughs> yeah, I actually have to admit, I don't remember the last time I was in my own art museum. I know it's kind of a shame, but... Well, yeah, I go to everybody else's art museums, but like the local ones, wherever I live, I usually don't. I go, I'll go maybe white when I first moved to a new city. And then, you know, I don't do anything touristy. And I remember, because you said you're really not even into art, so it's, it's very strange. Yeah, I can appreciate art. I just don't really know what I'm looking at, because I don't have any kind of art training. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, so, it's a nice painting. But then yeah. someone who does have an art, uh, you know, an art training be like, well, see, this this technique on this kind of, of, uh, of canvas, and it's cool because of this, 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 and this. And I'm like, oh, that's awesome. Tell me about this next painting. So, But I, I, I can, like, look at something and think it looks cool, but I couldn't tell you anything about it. Like I, I wouldn't be, I can't appreciate it as much as I could had I had more training. See, I just always feel like they're Rorschach tests and I always feel like the artist is looking at me going, tell me what you see. And I'm like, um, it depends. I, like modern, more modern, like contemporary art's a bit more like that. But if you look at older stuff, it's more like representative of that era. And then I feel like however I answer Taylor's how they respond. So I'll be like, you know, oh, I see this. And they'll go, mm hmm. Tell me what you thought about this part. And it's just, it's almost like a choose your own adventure book where it's like, depending on how I answer, they reply. And if I, if I answer everything correctly, the conversation will go well. And if I don't answer everything correctly, they will hate me. So I just, I feel a lot of pressure when I'm looking well, at that's art. That's more works. for contemporary art. Like you, older art is more straightforward, you know. It's, it's a picture of two people fighting. There you go. It's See, a picture of uh, a church. Yeah, I think it's also the setting, like you said, where it's like I've gone to some galleries where they just want you to appreciate it, and they don't care what you see, and they don't care, you know, what you look like or anything like that. But then there's some galleries where you have to look your best, and you have to sound snooty, and you have to, you know, it just has a certain pretension about it that I think scares people away, which I think should be the opposite. I think art should be all-inclusive, and it really makes me sad when I see people try to exclude others through art because that's so not what it's about to me. Yeah, well, there's a difference between art gallery, where they're trying to sell really expensive paintings, and an art museum where you just go and look at things. So, I mean, art museum, I mean, as long as you're, you're dressed in street clothes, you're fine. But you see that with writing, too. Like, that's what, the reason I really don't play well with other writers. Like, I've never been to, like, a writer's group because every time you participate, it's, you know, oh, your verbiage is atrocity. And I'm just like, uh, this is what I'm feeling, so back off. And, you know, they just try to wrap it in pretension, and they don't understand why. Like, ugh. 
So, <laughs> okay. So the last day you did get your tour. How was the tour? Oh, it was awesome. It was so cool. Uh, I went on the tour because on the website, well, for one thing, when you go to Milwaukee, you have to visit a brewery. I mean, there's breweries everywhere in Milwaukee. Do. I just couldn't find them when I was trying to. But anyway, yeah. So Milwaukee, and I'd known Milwaukee. That's how I actually heard about Milwaukee when I was a little kid growing up. It's because the um, commercials on the radio of Milwaukee's Best, like it was, where Milwaukee's Best? Where does it come from? A, Milwaukee. <laughs> two, the corner store. Three, I don't remember what it was. And the answer was actually the corner store. But, uh, yeah, that's how I heard about Milwaukee, was um, Milwaukee's Best Commercials on the radio. And so, yeah, I went to a brewery called the Lakefront Brewery. And if you go to Milwaukee, you should really check them out. They're great. They're a, I, I wouldn't say they're a microbrewery, but they're fairly small. And uh, like most small breweries, they're a lot of fun. They're really laid back. Uh, they show you how things work. You can get up right, right close and personal with the machines. Uh, yeah, the, our, our god was amazing. I, I, you know, I left him a really good tip because he was just, like, extraordinary. And uh, the beer is pretty good. You get four – it's, like, $7 for the tour, and you get, like, four free beers with it. I wasn't even able to drink them all because, you know, microbrewery beers, uh, they take up a lot of room in your stomach. So after three hours, I was filled just, like, up to my neck. And, um, yeah, so, yeah, amazing tour. And you, get, you also get a, a pint glass. My pint glass is actually with me right here. Okay, so they get, you get four, like, full-size beers, or were they, like, sample sizes? Six, or, like... six ounces, I think. Wow. Enough. Uh, eight ounces, yeah. Enough enough that I was, after three, I was, you know, pin, <laughs> pinballing my way back to the bus. <laughs> yeah, it really, really good deal. It's, it was great, or I highly recommend it. And I just feel bad because I don't drink. Like, <laughs> you know, there's all this great you stuff. Can go, you can go and they give you root beer or something like that if you don't oh, want to drink. Sure. You're, little, chill, little kids are allowed in, but they don't let you go on the tour unless you're drinking something. But it doesn't have to be alcoholic. Oh, I know. But I just I would imagine that that is so much part of so much a part of the allure is that, you know, you are tasting what you're seeing being made. And I would just yeah. feel really stupid. Just, you know, cheers with my Diet Coke. And like, you know. again, like beer making is, a his, like, you know, the, it was – I don't remember. They, they told us where it was started, like Babylon or you know, Mesopotamia in in that region. The first first people to write down were the Egyptians. So you're also looking at history there. You know the evolution. I didn't know they got that time. deep with it. That's really crazy. And I've never done it, so it's really interesting that you, like I said, you're making me want to go because I never. I always I always attributed it to I don't drink beer, therefore I have no reason to go to a brewery. And you're really opening me up to things that are even in my own city. So that's that's crazy. Yeah, it's it's, it's not just about getting drunk. I mean, it is. Getting drunk is a, a very fun part of it, but there is a big cultural and historical component to to beer making. Okay. Yeah, I didn't know that, so I now have more reason to go, actually. <laughs> so, uh, so you had your tour, and I think we went for Chinese before you had to go. Yeah. We did. And the Chinese I was, so was full. good. I was so full from all the beer that I couldn't really appreciate the Chinese as much as I would have otherwise. But, uh, oh, and I love Chinese. So, so do I. So do I. So I think we had Chinese, and then we walked to the bus station. Yeah. And and you are on your way, and I was so sad to see you go. Like I really genuinely do miss you. And I think for the first couple of days after you left, my cat was even just like, I don't know where she went, and she was so confused. And um, so after you left me, who was next? Uh, I went up to Chicago. Okay. Down. And, They're yeah. Down me. Sorry. Chicago is south of me, so you went yeah. down to Chicago. Yeah, <laughs> when I go somewhere, it's always up. But yes, I don't well, know. What, I don't know how it is like altitude-wise, though. Well, you were talking about how the Greyhound does like to make loop-de-loops and stuff, so they probably did go up and then go down again. Yeah, it's a count. Yeah, and this is a direct route. 
Because when I went to visit you, it was supposed to take two and a half hours, and it ended up taking one. You know, I, woke, I we, we left an hour late, so I was expecting to get in, like, around, like, 9.30-ish. Mm-hmm. And I wake up. Yeah, I fell asleep when I got on the bus. I wake up, it's like 8 o'clock. And I'm like, oh, I still have another hour. And I go to like settle back down to sleep. And the bus driver's like, we're here! <laughs> so, yeah, okay, I have, so like, who was in Chicago? Leave you, a, leave you a message and like put my shoes back on and get dressed and get out of the bus. Yeah, in Chicago. <laughs> so in Chicago, I met up with two of my guildies. Um, Thespius and Arcus Mage. Thespius, most of you probably now. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I met them in Chicago. Um, I had made plans with them very last minute. I was kind of shy to ask them to hang out with me. So it was, yeah, we made plans like in like two hours before I got on the bus. Uh, yeah, that I was going to meet up with them in Chicago and go for beers right when I got in. But we ended up getting stuck in traffic. Well, they didn't. I ended up getting stuck in traffic on the Greyhound on my way to the city. And it's like 10 o'clock at night and there's traffic. And that was the first traffic I got on my trip, even through Toronto. Like, we flew through Toronto. I've never seen Toronto so deserted. But, you know, on the way to Chicago, on, like, a Monday night at 10.30, there's massive traffic. So I get in super late. Then I get off the bus and I couldn't find the trains. So I asked some lady, like, where are the trains? Where's the brown line? She goes, well, I can tell you the brown <laughs> line is, but the blue line is just, like, a couple blocks that way. So I call I'll go catch the blue line then. So, yeah, and uh, I got a picture of this. I've got a, a 40-pound backpack. I've got two purses. And I'm a very skinny girl. Yeah. And, Which I hate you for, but... Yeah. Well, <laughs> it, I think it's more just because I'm so tall I look thinner, but anyway. Yeah, so I'm, you know, I'm, I'm lugging all this these backpacks uh, onto the train and it turns out that their trains still date from like the 60s from when they were made so like they go very slowly so i was expecting to get to the hostel like 20 minutes after getting into chicago but no <laughs> an hour later i got <laughs> the train and yeah i could not find the hostel for the life of me like my direction it's not that my directions were wrong it's just that there's a whole bunch of streets all over the place and yeah, I was like in tears by then, and I, I text mm-hmm. SBS, and I'm like, I'm so lost, help me! <laughs> but my text didn't go through because, like, my phone is very finicky, and apparently it doesn't like his phone number, so he can call me, but I can't text him. Well, it could be that you don't even know how to use it. Like, I remember that call. That came yeah, I was I able to text some people. I was able to text <laughs> Apple later on, but for some reason, it doesn't want me to talk to Thespius. I just uh, remember you being on the bus stop, and you going, you had the, the voicemail, <laughs> and you were like, I don't even know how to check this. I'm like, like, my purse is vibrating. <laughs> my purse is not supposed to vibrate. I'm like, she has a phone that she doesn't know how to use. It's like, interesting. It's because my phone, my Canadian phone is so cheap. That I have a different phone for when I go to the States. You're such a diva with your multiple phones. I know, right? That's just <laughs> why I did it. But hey, at least if you meet somebody you don't like, you can just give them one of those numbers. Like, you know, you'd meet a guy and somebody would say, did you really like him? No, that's my British phone. He's not going to call that. And it's, God. Okay. Yeah. So you're lost. You're crying. Your text isn't going through. What do you do? Uh, I just keep walking. <laughs> and okay, again, again. 40-pound backpack, two purses. I am quite miserable. Really skinny. Yeah. There's some truck in my way. Mm-hmm. I eventually found the hostel. And then I get into my room. It's like, well, like quarter to midnight. I get into the hostel, uh, get into my room. I have 11 roommates. They're all asleep. It's like pitch black in the room. And I'm trying to get settled in because I have to go. Well, I don't have to, but I want to go meet up with my guildies for beer. 
And it's already super late. Bar's closed really early in the state. So I'm like hurrying, and my phone rings, and it's Thespius again. I'm like, so I answer, and I'm whispering, Hey, sorry, can you hear me? <laughs> and then my phone dies as he's giving me directions to the phone. And I'm like, oh, my God. So I you look for my charger. Eventually I find my charger, plug my charger in, and then my phone does, still doesn't work even though it's charging. So I pull, yank out my laptop. And I had the internet password, so I'm like, tr- like, log into the internet. The internet's not working. And I'm like, ah, pulling my hair out. Eventually, I found a payphone, and my phone had charged up enough that I was able to look up Vespius's number and call him on the payphone. Mm. And by then, it's like well after midnight. But, but I did manage to meet up with him at the bar. It was like a miracle. But you know, by the time I got to the bar, the bar was almost closed. So we had two beers, and then we all went our own way. And, yeah, so then I spent two days in Chicago. Uh, well, actually, like, one day and a half, really. Uh, it was great, though. I love Chicago. I have to go back. I know there's a lot of bloggers in Chicago. Like, after I left, I had all these texts from people. Well, not texts, but, like, Twitters from people. Oh, you're in Chicago. How come you didn't hang out with me? So, so I have to go back. I think next time I'm going to go back and, like, do the whole nine-day thing, get a city pass, and just really absorb the city. Oh, wonderful city. I can't believe you live two hours out of Chicago and you've never been. Well, it's not that I've never. <laughs> it's not that I've never been there. It's just for me. It's like I said, I don't travel, so I don't know. I wouldn't, and I don't drive, so I wouldn't know how to get there. And you know, I, I'm not privy to the train thing or the bus thing. I just don't know. And um, you know, I keep meaning to go down there for Avalana because I would love to meet her, and I look up to her so much. And you know, kind of like you said, it's like there was just no motivation before. So you know, if I knew that you were going to be there, hell yes, I would go. If I if Avalana and I ever carved out a weekend, hell yes, I would go. But you know, like. I I just I'm very I don't do that I don't know anything about that way of life so it's very strange to me oh, it's only two hours out of your city um, but yeah <laughs> next time next time we'll go like go like seven to ten days to Chicago and yeah big party everybody everybody in Chicago and yeah that's what we'll do next time okay so after Chicago I'll tell everybody you know earlier than like a couple of hours hey i'm gonna be in your city <laughs> and preferably not whispering from your hostel there's a party in chicago oh my phone's dead <laughs> <laughs> all right so after thespias who's next um then i went to buffalo well actually it's kind of interesting how it worked because buffalo and chicago are a couple of hours a few hours apart i don't know how fast it would be by car my bus is like almost seven i think six or seven hours so i get in the bus and by then my body is trained it's it's like you know it's 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 like bus equals sleep so i sit in the bus and i'm out so yeah and i wake up and i'm like hey i'm in buffalo awesome and um but problem buffalo i wasn't staying overnight and i didn't know where the hostel was i tried to like ask for directions where the hostel was because maybe they would take my backpack for me, but I couldn't find the hostel. So here I am, you know, running around Buffalo, again, with my 40-pound backpack and my two purses. Skinny chick. Yeah, skinny. And, yeah, yeah, just, like, running around Buffalo. But I was like, you know what? I don't ha- I can't leave it anywhere. I might as well just walk with it. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, and besides, like, when I left Chicago, I had a, I, I, I couldn't find the Greyhound station, and I was in a hurry. It was, like, quarter to four, and my bus was leaving at four, and I couldn't find the freaking Greyhound station. Like, that was huge panic and I hear I'm running through the streets of Chicago with like my massive backpack it was glorious I was soaking wet by the time I got on the bus and uh you know two more days till my next shower oh. no nope, not good at all anyway so back to Buffalo I'm walking around with all my you know all my bags and shit and still skinny still skinny still skinny I, I put on I put on quite a bit of weight during <laughs> I, I blame the like 
Nair food. I don't know. I'm sorry. So this, yeah, I put like I, I yeah I put on a lot of weight during my trip. Like you think carrying around all these bags would make you lose weight, but no. Um, yeah, so just running around Buffalo. Uh, I went to the Naval Museum there, um, partially because they didn't mind me leaving my bag behind the counter. <laughs> but it was, it was a really good exhibit. I really enjoyed it. I like ships. My parents are sailors. My brother's a sailor. I, I like spent my whole life around boats, so I thought it was very cool. I wish I had more time. I only had an hour. I was in a hurry, and I really wanted to eat Buffalo wings. So, again, I went to the place that was supposed to, like, they claimed that they invented Buffalo wings. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was very cool. I was like, yeah, I'm at the Anchor Bar, and I'm, yeah, I'm eating buffalo wings in Buffalo. <laughs> and I got a picture. <laughs> so I'm like, the picture I have the wings on my blog. I, t- I take a picture of the place, too, but I didn't put it on my blog. Actually, if anyone wants to see my pictures, like you can get in touch with me privately. I'll link you my Facebook. Um, yeah, and as I'm leaving Buffalo, I get a message on Twitter from Loader, and they say, oh, you're in Buffalo. I'm in Buffalo. You should have told me. I would have taken the day off work. And I was just like, fuck you. <laughs> Oh, I love Loader. He just, I was so, I was so mad. Like, I, I like excl- made some sort of exclamation on the bus, and everyone was giving me these reviews. I'm like, sorry, I just found out that I had a friend in Buffalo, and I didn't know. You know, but it's okay. I mean, I hear, and I'm not familiar with the lore of buffalo wings, but I hear that apples go well with buffalo wings. Uh, apple is in a different town. Okay. Yeah, and yeah, so then I went to Syracuse, and that was actually another last-minute planning with Apple. She's like, yeah, if you go through uh, upstate New York, uh, stop by. And so I said, well, I'm going through Syracuse, but like 2 in the morning. And she goes, oh, well, is there any way you can go by earlier? So like, I worked out my schedule, and thankfully I have a pass, so I can get on and off the bus whenever I want. So I worked mm-hmm. out a little like itinerary for myself where I was going through Syracuse at like between 5 and 7 o'clock. So we met up for supper with Apple from... Um, Azeroth Apple. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, she was great. Like, she's, she's really bubbly, and she's uh, she's always singing. We went to a music store, and she started playing the ukulele and singing. And, actually, this guy came up to her and like, exchanged phone numbers with her because he wanted to jam out with her. And, yeah, it was, it was really, really fun. And it was the same again. Like, the whole trip was just rush, rush, rush all the time. So I didn't get a whole lot of time to really get to know her. But, yeah, we listened to music. We sang in her car. And, uh, yeah, we... Uh, well, I didn't really eat supper because I'd had a big lunch. But, uh, yeah, I, I had a smoothie, and uh, she had some Taco Bell, and we chatted. Yeah, it was, it was really good. Yeah, it seems like she would be, like, she seems like one of the people who would live up to, like, she does her live streams and her things like that. I can't imagine her being different than her persona at all, and I imagine her being just as infectious as she is, you know, on Twitter and how we know her. So that's great. I, I'd like to meet her myself. So after her, was there anyone else? No, after her, I went to sleep. I got interrogated. <laughs> oh, they, they tore out my entire bag at the border. At least they were nice enough to pack it back in. But they didn't really, like, they didn't believe me that I slept on the bus for the past two nights. Mm-hmm. And they didn't believe me that I had friends in the cities. And they thought it was really weird that I went to Milwaukee through Toronto and then that I'm going back in, across the border in Montreal. So it was it was a huge hassle at the border, but whatever. Uh, wow. Like, what did they think you were doing? Drug running? Probably. Wow. Bossy Pally and the giant weed stash. <laughs> yeah, Crazy. I don't think it's weed they're looking for. But, yeah, they went through all my bags. They didn't find anything, so they let me I was going to say. Wow. So you had a good time? Yeah, it was great. Really, really good. I wish I had more time, but, you know, it's, that's always the problem when you backpack. It's just rush, rush, rush. 
Well, you'll have to get. I want to go to Canada, so you'll have to like put me up wherever you are. Yeah. Well, I live in a really cool place. I live yeah. like in, just right on the border of this national park. It's in the mountains. It's absolutely beautiful. Yeah. See, I've never been to Canada, and I, again, I've had offers to go, and I don't know where any of these places are. But I, I have friends who live in Calgary, and I have friends who live in, you know, Alberta, and I don't know. Somebody mentioned Toronto, and it's like I'm just so. Well, I'm you're, so close, Amer- you're fairly close to Toronto. You could drive up there. I don't drive. So. You could if you wanted to. <laughs> I don't even have a license. That would literally not be possible. So, but I, I mean, I've had offers too, and I, I hear so many good things. Even for as much as we joke about Canada, I'd love to go. And I just, yeah, if you would offer to put me up, I would be there in a heartbeat. Oh yeah, just hop on a plane. I'll meet you in Edmonton. I'll pick you up, and I'll drive you back to my place. And that will be the first time I've ever left the country. I don't even have a passport. Yeah, you only one of those. Yeah, so you would literally just be breaking me in like that. I, that's how rare. That's how rarely <laughs> I travel. I've never left the country. Um, I went on a couple of vacations last year. I think I went on three. But you know, again, just not a traveler. So we could we could change that. Yeah, when, <laughs> once you start, you see, you'll never stop. Yeah, so it's, I'm it's, it's like crack. Yeah, I think the only vacation I have planned this year is BlizzCon. I don't think I have oh, anywhere else. Crap, but it'll be worth it. But it's not for lack of trying. I mean, I've offered. I mean, I, I have the money to go. Like, if people give me a reason to leave. I'm there, but nobody's really done that. So now you have. Yeah. So. Oh, but it's going to be so much fun. I'm going to do something similar. At least I'm planning to, where I'm, I'm getting a train pass. I'm getting on and off the train. I'm doing, um, you know, Arizona, Texas, and Louisiana. Oh. Yeah. So in Vegas. And it's less than four months away already. That's insane. I know. Isn't it exciting? It is. So another thing that's exciting, uh, since we're all about exciting things today, um, well, the whole point—the whole point of this this episode, essentially, after talking about your tour and the adventures that you had, is uh, we're basically wrapping up this whole tier of content. Um, Four point two comes out Tuesday, I believe, provided they don't push the date back again. And you know, while we just thought it'd be really good to talk about what's coming up, and we've literally spent the last seven or eight months looking at this content, these heroics, these bosses, these lands, these quests, and you know, we just thought it'd be really nice to kind of take a look back and see, you know, talk about what we liked what we didn't like everything up to this point and everything going forward so um where should we start i mean let's talk about leveling because i mean we we couldn't really do much in kata until we were max level i think at least um so how did you how what did you think of the leveling experience in cataclysm Uh, i like it the first time around yeah because you get really into the story and it's you know you kind of get shuffled along and I did, like, my first couple of levels in dungeons, so I didn't have to worry about being crowded. Because by mm-hmm. the time I went through the quests, everyone was already finished and moved on. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I quite enjoyed it the first time. When I went and did it on my alts, though, I was just like, oh, I have to do this again. Yeah. So what's, what's nice when you level alts, like, is now you go through the process so quickly. And, um, like, with the, the original WoW and Northrend and Outlands, is that... You go through it so fast, you only have to do like two or three zones out of all of them. So you just pick the ones you want to do that you haven't done for a while, and it's great. Cataclysm, you have to do all the same friggin' instances, mm-hmm. all the same friggin' quests over and over again. And yeah, I thought that was really hard. So uh, Yeah, I also thought it was very... I liked it too. I, I agree with you completely. I think it was very odd how it didn't fork. I think it forked for the first two levels. Like you could choose between Bowshear or Hygel, and you didn't necessarily have to do both. Um, I chose to do both just because it was easier for me to kill green level mobs than it was to kill yellows. Um, I thought it was very strange how 83 was sort of like the hump and 
everything went a certain way up till 83. Up until 83, I was so mana efficient. I never needed to drink, and my mana pool was always full. Nothing felt like it was too hard to kill. Once I started getting into level 83, once I started going into deep home, all of that changed. Um, I was having to drink after every couple of pulls. I was really having to go all out on every mob. Um, there was some effort involved. Like I was really having to work to kill yeah, things. Heaven forbid there's some effort involved. Well, no, I didn't mean it like that, but it just seemed like it was more than I was used to. Like, I'm used to putting in work when I do stuff, but I was having to blow fears. (laughs) I was having to really go into it, and it was very weird. Um, Yeah, I felt like I had to focus a bit more, too, than I did during Wrath. Like, Wrath was just face roll. Lol, wet potly here. So leveling (laughs) Wrath was, like, really easy. Yeah. Yeah, I kind of, like, shuffled along with the flow. But, yeah, me too and Cataclysm, I died a few times. I was like, what's what is this? Yeah, it was ghost very, thing. Yeah, it was very weird. Um, and I I dinged in Uldum, I want to say. Like, I hit 85 in Uldum, so I didn't even have a reason to do Twilight Highlands. And to this day, I don't think I've ever done, I think I've maybe gotten a quarter of the way into it. I have yet to really get through it, which is a shame, because I've heard it's a really good zone, and I just have had no reason to go back. Um, so then... That was me from 80 to 85, and then I took Estrus from 80 to 85, um, so I have 285s right now, and then, you know, so the 88-85 experience was interesting. Have you leveled anything from the ground up? No, not yet. Okay. I, I should. Did. You know, I think I've missed out on, like, the best part of Cataclysm by not doing that, but, yeah, it's just I haven't had time. Like, this Cataclysm came out in December, and this last semester was I was doing clerkship. It was my last semester of school, and for that, like, the moving and the studying for licensing exams and everything, I just didn't get a chance. Well, I wouldn't necessarily say that leveling a new character is one of the best things. Like, it's, it bothers me. And it bothers me because it goes by so fast. Like, you don't even need heirlooms. Like, you could get by, even if you didn't have a guild. Like, I mean, I made a lobby mage, and I've made other lobbies since Kata came out. And it it goes by too fast, really too fast. I mean, you can't really enjoy a zone all the way through because you're done with it already. You're The mobs are gray, the quests are green. You know, unless you're somebody who can still do a quest without getting the merit of experience, you're, you're not going to want to do that. And then you have, you know, the message board, the, you know, the war board that tells you to go to the other zone, and you're like, but I'm not ready with this zone yet. Yeah. And, and that's without heirlooms. That's without any guild bonuses. That's with just the basic grind of quest drops, and, and then you get experience for depending on your profession. So, um, and then let's say you want to do an instance. You can pop off another level or two just getting that instance done, and it, it just goes by so fast, and I, I really don't like that because because I, when I leveled a low B tune, I did it because I wanted to see the cataclysm. I wanted to see the barons get destroyed. I wanted to see um, Hills of Brad be taken over by the Horde. I wanted to see all those things. And you just don't have any time to enjoy the view, sort of like your trip, because go, it goes by so fast. And um, I don't like that. I really wish that wasn't the case. Yeah, I haven't experienced that yet. But, yeah, that's that's kind of what I've heard from people, too, is that you don't get to finish all the zones, which is a shame because – you know, like, when I get into questing, that's what makes questing fun, is when you can really feel it, and you've got, like, those epic storylines, and from what I'm hearing, too, that they didn't do, they, they're doing a little bit like they did in Northrend, and in, um, like, the level 80 to 85, where the quests for your zone are in your zone, you don't have to go all over the world, which, while those quests were pain in the ass, they were also really nice. Now, see, I found it to be the opposite, because, like, for example, I was leveling a Night Elf Mage, so I did Darkshore, I did all those quests up until, like, 25, and then I got quests to go elsewhere, like, I wasn't even done with Darkshore, and then it became, I had a choice, I could do Ashenvale, or I could do, 
no, 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 that's not what I mean. I mean, like back in Vanilla WoW, if you had a quest, like there'd be a, like those epic quest lines where you'd have to go to this zone and then you'd have to like go to that zone and you'd come back and then you'd go like turn it into Stormwind and then you'd send you to a different zone and it's like that same line. I think I get where you're coming from. I mean, there's still opportunities to do that. Like, I could have chosen to hop the boat and go to Stranglethorn. No, but the quest, but you, you don't have a quest that, that forces you. Like, say you have a quest in, oh. uh, in Elwyn Forest, but then, then it sends you over to Oberdeen, then it sends you back to Elwyn Forest, and then it sends you to Iron Forge, and then it sends you up to the Eastern Plaguelands, and it sends you... Okay. You know, you don't have those epic quest points anymore. Okay, and you're and right. Those, they were a pain in the ass at the time, but they also give you the best memories. And there were, I remember, I know what you're saying now, and there was even a mage quest where I could have gone to Shadowfang and got a staff made. And I, and I remember, I don't know if I just missed the quest or what, but I didn't get it till like I was 30. And by then I didn't need the staff anymore. And I remember even as a paladin, there was a quest like that back in the day where I was a human paladin and you had to go all the way to, you know, to, to Shadowfang Keep and get your weapon made and go all the way back. So I, I get what you're saying now. And yes, I don't think they're there anymore. Um, or they're just more for vanity than anything, which again is really sad because we we liked those quests. And... Yeah, well, they were a pain in the ass at the time, but even though like, now traveling is so much easier, that this is the time to have those like those really long, painful quests because it's so much easier to get around than it was back in vanilla. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Leveling's just in a really strange place, and I. Um, yeah, it's one of those things where you just can't make anybody happy, like everybody happy at once. Yeah, I mean, I don't. I really don't have the desire to do it again. Like, I, I got my mage to level thirty, and then I realized that I had a seventy-nine mage sitting on another server. So I just dusted her off and got her to eighty, eighty-one, eighty-two, and I've been leveling her. And I just don't think I have it in me to go from one to eighty again. If I did take something from the ground up, I think I could go from one to sixty. They've got to do something without land, because I won't do that again. And until they do, there's just no. It's just strange. There's just a lot of holes in it. You can pretty much skip outlands, though. Can you? Uh, you might have to do a couple of quests in Outlands, but yeah, I, I flew through it right now with like, the Heirloom gear. You can good quest. You can quest fairly high up in Azeroth, and then if you pick to level a profession, you can just like, yeah, I, I leveled Archaeology, and I got so much experience from leveling Archaeology that I just skipped Outlands on one of my characters. Like I did a couple of quests, I think in Zangor Marsh, and that was it. She went right away to our friend. Wow, I didn't know that. So that's. Crazy. But then you know, you're stuck leveling Archaeology. Yeah, <laughs> I was gonna say that seems like one of those things where once you stop, you or once you start, you can't really stop. Yeah, and they they I don't think it's as easy now as it was when I did it because back then like archaeology just gave you crazy experience. Now I don't think it gives you quite as much. It may have nerfed it a bit, but it's still it's still possible to not do very much in Outlands. Like Outlands just goes right by real fast. Oh, I wish it would. So so in addition to leveling, Kata introduced new dungeons. Bit of a surprise with these dungeons. What did you think of them? I like them. I like them. They're well, right now they're face roll again. But back yeah. back when they first came out, I was like, "Ooh, we actually have to crack control things." And oh yeah, and I enjoyed it. Like I was doing pugs, and people seemed to be more engaged. Like the DPS wanted to CC things. Yeah, and yeah. it's like yeah, it's like you know you feel like you're part of the team. You're not just you know killing things. You're if there's a personal touch to it, you know, I'm turning this character into a frog, or I'm turning this character into a sheep. You know, there's, there's like, a personal engagement to it. And, yeah, I really liked that, and I found that the groups were more pleasant because they, they felt like they belonged, and, yeah, it was really nice. 
Yeah, I mean, it's funny how, like you said, it has kind of gone back to the way of rap, like my mage again. I've been doing regular five mans with her, and nobody CCs anymore. And I was really excited as a mage to have to counterspell and CC or even make tables. Nobody's asked me to make a table. Nobody's wondered where their food or water is. And um, for me, it's just kind of DPSing, and, and the tanks are just kind of plowing in. There's really no finesse anymore. And I remember when I was 81, I demanded CC. I wouldn't heal you without it, even for a regular, because I was learning how to heal again. And it was now. And, and we were wiping on BRC the first couple times, or even Throne was kind of rough learning that one. And, you know, it, it is kind of sad that the challenge is gone again and that we have kind of gone back around to it. Well, yes so and easy. no. The thing is, for new people, it probably is, but I've done these instances a million times each. I don't really want to have to work at them anymore. I mean, I don't mind if I have to, but... Yeah, I want to get through them a little bit faster because yeah, I've seen them. Like I've learned them. I know the instance. I'm not getting anything new out of it. Let's just let's just like play the game, and get it over with. And it's interesting you say that because with each alt that I roll, and maybe it's just because I roll alts that have different roles, um, I want to do that again. Like I said, maybe that's just me, but I was looking forward to you know being a mage and really living each instance as a mage, going through it as a mage, and putting myself in that mindset. And I just, I guess maybe it's just because I'm, I'm creating. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I guess when you play alts, yeah, I haven't really played alts. The only yeah. alt I leveled was another paladin. And if I was doing the and same as a healer, thing. I get, I find I get enough challenge as it is. You know, you get a stupid tank that just runs like crazy, and you know, you're still working. It, the challenge has nothing to do with the instance itself, but I'm still, I still feel challenged. So yeah, that's. But I think it would be different if I were playing an alt. And I would agree with. Like when I leveled Estrus, Estrus was a healing druid. So because I was healing again, yes, I felt exactly what you were going through, and then I wanted to get it over with because I already I had already mastered how to be a healer in the new dungeon. So if I was leveling multiple healers and I was filling the same role, I would be exactly in the same boat as you. Um, but with an alt of a different role and a different function, it was literally like doing it with a whole other set of eyes. It was like I'd never been there before. I was I was actually looking at the the mobs' health bars. I was actually looking for things to interrupt. Totally different ball game. I was not even looking at my party's health bars. I don't even think I had their health bars up. <laughs> um, so that's why I was craving that. And Yeah, that makes yeah. sense. Um, so healing these instances, healing, we all kind of went through some changes. Did you, how did you, what did you think about the difficulty in healing? Um, I didn't find it difficult. I liked the new healing. I like paladin healing right now. Um, I'm probably going to get blamed for saying that, but I really do. I find our our healing right now is a lot of cooldown rotation, which is really fun. I love cooldown rotation. I'm like checking out which one's off cooldown. Oh, I'm going to press this button. I'm going to combine that with that spell. And I'm really having a lot of fun with it. So was it hard? Like, I mean, we we heard stories of so many people that gave up healing or said oh, they gave up. Oh, yeah. A lot of people saying, oh, I'm going to quit the game. Blizzard sucks. Healing is just not. But no. I mean, I, I didn't find it was harder or easier. It was just different. Yeah, I think, and it's funny because I, I always think that the people who were genuinely meant to be healers, we wanted a challenge. We were bored. You know, I spent most of Wrath either five rejuves and a wild growth, and that became five renews and circle of healing. So I was excited to have to work again. I was excited to have a challenge again, especially with me re-rolling. It was, again, a whole other set of eyes. Beta was sort of like my boot camp. This was like going to war. Um, you know, and I think the real healers, the people that loved healing for what it was, welcomed this. I think 
think the people that did healing either for the privilege or for the kicks, you know, just not for the right reasons were the ones that got scared off easily. And it was a way of sort of weeding out the weak. And um, I liked it. I liked that I had to drink again. I liked that I had a reason to use my shadow fiend again. And, um, and that went over into heroics as well. You know, the, and also getting comfortable with triage because triage was something that was sort of temporary. You know, triage didn't last as long as we all thought it would. Um, and getting comfortable leaving my DPS at 50% and leaving my tank at 75 because I didn't have the mana to keep them up. And um, having people realize that it was going to be like that. You know, normally you get warlocks that are like, priest, heal me. No, I don't have the mana to heal you. You need to sit at 75% or you need to click the light well. Um, I think it was great for everybody. And I'm really sad that it didn't stay that way. Because I think those are lessons that people could have taken into the higher instances. I can't be stupid and get heals all the time. Now that we're back in a raid setting, people are stupid and they are getting heals all the time. And it just didn't feel like it made the impact that I was hoping it would have. Yeah, so. I find in the five mans, because I, I don't raid very much, and I do a lot of five mans, there's still a lot of occasions where you have to leave people at low health. And you know, I, people die. And I know that was one thing that was very difficult for a lot of healers to adjust to, was that people will die. If they're mm-hmm. not careful, if they don't self-heal, they'll die. But I don't know. Maybe it's just because I'm really cold-blooded and I just don't give a <laughs> shit. But people die. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> you died. And I yeah. actually haven't had any problems. I mean, knock on wood, I've never been kicked from a pug. Um, yeah, and I really don't think I've ever had anyone complain after they died. I've had some obnoxious groups, but usually they were obnoxious before the first pull. Like, it had nothing to do with my healing. I think they were just looking for a fight, and I'd be like, yeah, whatever. I'd wait till they pull, and I'd leave group. Um, yeah, so, yeah, people will die. It's just part of it, and I think it's hard for a lot of healers to, like, accept. Just yeah. Healers, were, healers are so nice, and, like, team players and stuff. I don't think it's that. I just think we were so programmed. I mean, like I said, our, a lot of our rotations in Wrath were very, you know, reactive, where it's like, you're at 95%. Oh, God, I've got to heal you. Um, or they were so trained to heal. That's what I think it was. And, you know, it was very like an automatic response. And, and I, I, you know, I agree with you that there are some healers that do feel that way, but I think there were others that were just, that's all they knew how to do. You know, they were so used to seeing a full green health bar. And the minute there was no green there, no matter how small that space was we were trained to fix it no matter what we needed to do greater heal yes renew yes just make that green come back and that's what i think it was i think it was just more that than anything else yeah but i still took a lot of pleasure in seeing people die i don't know <laughs> i'm a horrible person aren't i <laughs> I, I guess but that's why i like you and i've <laughs> changed that and even if the regular heroics are kind of face roll now they did introduce the zazg heroics the revamp of those old instances that we know or love those are a little rough they're they're not easy at all yeah yeah they are yeah, yeah. um you need a good group for those like they're a lot of fun to run with a guild group they're, those are really good guild runs, and right when they came out, I was that's when I was playing my new paladin a lot, and she's in a horde guild, so I haven't logged on in her in a month, so she's probably kicked out now for inactivity. <laughs> but um, yeah, it was a lot of fun. Like that's how I got to new, know my new guildies was we were just running those instances all night, and I was playing with my classmates, and I had so much fun with them. Like, I like I maybe my experience would have been different had I been playing solo or had I been playing with. Um, like, just people that I knew in-game. Like, this was really, really fun to play with real-life friends. Like, oh, I had a blast in them. Have you pugged them? Yeah. Yeah, Ooh. I didn't have any problems. Well, like, right when they were first new and nobody knew them, sometimes it took a while. You'd get, like, a tank that'd, that'd be really confused. But mm-hmm. for the most part, it wasn't bad at all. 
Yeah, I actually I I enjoy them for the challenge. Like I said, I, I've complained a lot about the fact that I don't really feel stimulated with a lot of what I'm doing, and I really like the fact that I have to put on a regen trinket and I have to watch my mana and I have to, you know, I get to be in my tank chakra, which I rarely get to do, and I like it. I like the fact that I end a lot of those runs on the edge of my seat, um, not knowing what's going to happen next, or watching people who are normally so good <laughs> make little slip ups. You know, you really need some tight performance there and uh, the bear runs I know I've talked a lot of shit about the Amani bears coming back but those bear runs are not a joke and I I take my hat off to anybody that gets an Amani bear right now because it's not easy and yeah I haven't I, even tried for it but oh like, god and I I've miss come out. even like without trying but like I haven't come anywhere near it the few times I've done it with guild groups, we miss it by seconds. It's not uh, even like we've missed it by a landslide. It's so freaking close. And literally, if you miss one scout and he gets to the drums, you're mm-hmm. fucked. If one person you know, gets clumsy and pulls another group, you're done. There's just no room for any mistakes there. And we're geared people. you know, We're talented people, and we couldn't even get it. And um, I, my only hope with it is that it stays that way. If it stays that difficult, I would love it. And I would have so much more respect for it than I did, and I'll admit that that um what scares me the most about it is it becoming the next bronze drake and then everybody gets one and everybody's alt gets one and everybody's second alt gets one i don't want to see it become that i like the fact that it's still something to revere right now um so i hope it that doesn't yeah and something to work towards like i I don't care too much about show and being like oh look at this i have a mount or oh that person has a mount but like just doing it and like working your ass off towards something like that that's awesome i love that yeah and i think it gives people something to do like even the guild the guilds that I'm in or that I came from to the one I'm in now, people weren't logging on very much. And, and I would anticipate that they won't be logging on much other than to do raiding now. But it's something people like to do on their off nights, and I like that. I like that it gives people a reason to log on. It gives people something to look forward to. Um, so that's cool. Um, so from that, the next normal, typical step is raiding. You didn't do a lot of raiding this time around, correct? No, I didn't, which is really sad. It was a very difficult year for me because I was seeing everybody else raid and be like, I want to do hard mode. Did you kill anything? I mean... I don't have any of the end bosses. It's actually funny. I've actually been exactly at the same spot since I left my guild the first week of January. So I was 9-10 or 9-12 first week of January, and I'm still 9-12. But you still have boss kills. I mean, there are. But I've killed. That... I have killed bosses. I got like a couple. Replaced a couple of pieces of gear. But it was very. Um, yeah, I, I when I left my guild, I, I joined a more casual guild just because you know I couldn't make every raid. My schedule was a bit irregular. I was exhausted all the time, and I needed to be with a guild that understood that. And also, I was about to move, so I didn't want to like invest in a guild that I'd have to leave in six months. Mm-hmm. So, um, so yeah, so like I joined this guild who like completely understood my situation. They needed a healer for now, and they were like, yeah, yeah, you can leave, and we'll replace you. It's all good. So yeah, so <laughs> I've, I've been playing with them, but yeah, they are very casual, and so you know, the raids are are, are slow, <laughs> but yeah, I've raided a little bit, killed a few bosses, and um, although it's hard for me to say whether or not I like the instances, like I like them when I first went in. Um, they are getting a little bit repetitive. Especially since, you know, we spend a lot of nights on Magma. Um, but I think even people who do go through it quickly and kill a lot of bosses are getting pretty tired of it. Like, mm-hmm. I think you, you've you been looking forward to Firelands coming out. God, yes. <laughs> um, so did you have a favorite boss, or was there a favorite encounter? Or You're going to hate me. Like, seriously, you're going to throw things on my head. But I really like um, a Conclave. <sighs> 
I know, we're, I know. I'm the, only, I'm the only person in the world who likes conclaves. I love that fight. That place is an abomination. I <laughs> I am so glad that I never need to go back there, and I fucking called it. I was like, you watch it. And I'm literally watching the clock. Like, Firelands comes out in two more weeks, one more week. <laughs> I'm never going back. I haven't done the, end bo- the, the second boss in there, but the um, yeah, conclave, I have so much fun. Like, you get on those, like, flying things, and you go, woo! Yes. I, I like um, fights that toss me around. Like, there's a, there's a, that one in Nax, too, with the, you do the tank swap. Oh, my favorite fight to tank. So much. And I also love that you were courteous enough to not mention the second boss's name. Thank you very much for that. <laughs> we don't say his name around me. No, no. Yeah. Yeah. Um, ooh. I, and I have to say, I haven't done Conclave. I wasn't even there for Apotheos' kill of Conclave, so I don't even have a Conclave. Like, that was my very first boss kill. Like, we did it the week Cataclame out. We are just, you know, there's ten of us that are level 85. Let's give it a swing. So we, we jump in, and we got it down. Like, it only took us a couple of hours. It was, it was really, really fun. It's strange. I spent more time wiping on heroic conclaves than doing regular conclaves. So that's just, I have no desire to go back. That whole area. Like, it's probably a nightmare on heroic. And I've only done that a handful of times, too. So it's also one of those fights that I'm not sick of because, I mean, we killed it. We killed it, like, once or twice with uh, my first guild. And then when I switched guilds, we killed it once and we never went back. Yeah, I, I'm very glad that I never need to go again. I, I don't mind the fact that I won't get the title. I don't mind that I won't get the Drake. Just fuck it. <laughs> I have no desire to go back. Um, if I had to say my favorite encounter, um, hard mode-wise, it would be Maloriac. I love Heroic, Malo- Heroic Maloriac. I think it's awesome. I think it's a fight that I do really well on. I love all of the mechanics of it. Um, normal mode, I would probably say Chogal. I really love the Chogal encounter. I love the warshipping concept. I love that I needed to fear as much as I bitched and moaned about it. Um, I love the lore part that we really get to see Chogal, I think his model is really creepy. Um, it's a fun fight. Um, it's, it's a good time. Uh, so those would be my two favorites. Um, I also enjoy a lot of the heroic bosses. I think Vanessa Van Cleef is awesome. I love yeah, the, the mechanics. Fight. I love the lore behind her. I love the hallucinogenic aspect. Um, I think that's so great. And I think yeah. that was well, well I like done. that. I thought it was very creative. Yeah. It was so I different it, from your... I mean, it was a pain in the ass fight, especially with those Mario like fire things that I've never successfully done. <laughs> I always, well, I I, either we die and we like we appear on the ship, or I die and I get res at the other end. But the concept is very cool. Like I love yeah. that they try to be original and they you know went a little bit further than you know interrupt the spells, tank the boss, pick up the ads, don't stay in the fire. Well, I think they also did a really good job of because I think when we first heard that Dead Minds and Shadow Fang were coming back, there was that groan of oh god, you know it's Ed, Edwin Van Cleef Part Two. You know how did he survive? And you know they really did a good job. A lot of the bosses were new. You'd never seen them before. Um, so it made you want to go back to an old instance again. And even with Shadowfang, you had Lord Godfrey. You had all of the other lords. Um, if you did the Horde quest, you got a little backstory as to who these guys were. Um, and they were really well done. You know, they took the setting that was the same and filled it with new characters and new mechanics. And I really enjoyed both of those heroics. And those are two heroics I don't mind going back to. I know I dreaded them when they first came out, but I look forward to doing them again on the Mage and, you know, doing them on Estrus was fun and I think they did a really good job with those and um, I'm really excited about that um, so that was really cool um, so did you have any thoughts about like if you just had to wrap up this tier like any words that come to mind or any opinions oh. on it to wrap it all up nicely or summarize it I'll let you say something first maybe you'll inspire me 
<laughs> uh, for me, it was a tier of firsts. This was the first time. I mean, I've been reading for a really long time, and this was the first time I ever hated a boss. I've never hated a boss before. I've always sucked it up and done bosses. I've always wanted to kill them faster. You know, Alakir was the first boss that I would have gladly posted out for. If a guild ever told me we were doing Alakir, I won't show up. I don't want to do it. I, I've never felt that before. I've never vehemently hated an encounter before. Um, I've never rage quit a guild before. <laughs> I just left my guild recently in very controversial fashion. I've never done that before. Um, I would have never ever dreamed of doing that before. Um, this was the first time I've been a priest. I've, I've been a druid for three years. This is the first time I've ever not had to do that um, and had to learn all of the mechanics before. Um, it, it was just a first for a lot of things, and I've never experienced certain things before like I have in this expansion. This is the first expansion I've ever blogged entirely through. I started blogging towards the end of Wrath, where everything was sort of face roll. Um, so it was a really good time to be a blogger in all of this and you know, to be a podcaster and all of this and all of those first. So it's just been an adventure for me and a learning experience. And it's been, it's been crazy. It's been the first expansion I've gone into where I didn't think I knew it all. And I don't know it all. And it's very humbling to say that. And I've made mistakes and, um, yeah, I, I like it. And I like that it's that way. I like that it's not perfect and it's not smoothed over. And, you know, I'm just kind of learning as I go. So. Yeah, for me. For me, I think this was, <laughs> the word that comes to mind is torment. Uh, it was a really difficult year. Um, I left a guild that I really cared about um, because it just wasn't working out. Like, I didn't belong there anymore. Um, that was difficult. Like, I still get these bubbles of rage sometimes. Yeah, so it's, uh, yeah, so it was very difficult. And I'm not used to being in the bleachers either and watching everybody else get these kills that I'm not getting. Um you know, nothing against my guild. They are wonderful people. And also, you know, if you're listening, you're looking for a laid-back guild where, you know, everybody's buddy-buddy and knows has known each other forever and that are super welcoming of new people. Um, yeah, really, really recommend my guild. But it, as being someone who is always rush, 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 it was very difficult for me to play casually. Uh, and, yeah, so it was, it was very difficult, very difficult here for me. So... With that, we're going to be saying goodbye to all of that. Have you kept? I know you. You've had a lot going on. Admittedly, you graduated, which is awesome. You had the tour, the Bossy Pally tour. You had your parents stopping by. You're getting a new apartment. Have you been able to brush up on 4.2? Like, do you know what you're in for? Do you a little know bit. A little bit. I did a post about a gear, like non-boss gear, <laughs> and that forced me to read a little bit about 4.2. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm. I'm, I'm hoping to experience it. I still, until I get my work schedule, I can't shop for a new guild. Um, like, there might be changes in my current guild that I might approve of, and I might, you know, might consider downgrading to 10s. Uh, I don't know. But, um, yeah, it's, I, I hope to experience it. Like, that's really what I'm looking forward to, is just, oh my god, I might actually do something this year. And, um, I think it'll be nice to, like, they, ha they have a lot of ways to bridge gearing gaps. And, like, this is actually quite brilliant on Blizzard's part. Like, I didn't realize it until I left the game, but what they do with, like, this, you know, welfare epics that you call, like, not you, but, like, general, that are, you know, we generally call them, like, welfare epics, uh, is that it's for people like me who had to take a step back from the game 
Mm-hmm. And it's like, I'm not too far behind. I can, like, jump back in, uh, you know, a fairly serious raiding guild because it'll be, like, it's all these new wraps. Well, at least one new wrap, one new mark thing, uh, like, mark system, uh, where I can get uh, blacksmithing gear and I can get wrap gear. And, um, yeah, so I'll be able to catch up. So I'm really excited about that. Right. And one thing I've always said, and I mean, we've covered it in other podcasts before, is that gear trumps everything else. I mean, it does not trump everything else. Um, you know, if there's talent there, if there's potential there, they can throw gear at you. That's That can easily be fixed. You know, they probably have already been disenchanting enough of it where they're like, thank God somebody can use this. Yeah, um, no. I mean, people always say that to me. But then when you look out at the guilds recruiting, it's, you need an eye level of this. Oh, we don't want I've it. never you, seen that. You're... Oh, I see it all the time. I'll, I'll point them. It's because you're not in that situation. Like, I'll point them out to you. They're but like, I, you yeah, have to understand. Well, I've, but I've had to look for a guild twice so far. So I've been. But you I've, are. You are geared. Like, you're geared to the teeth. But I would still I, admit I'm it. I'm out of 12. Normal. What I'm saying is I, I, I have looked at the threads, though. And I, I've looked at a lot of threads. And I've also been in guilds on the other side of it where we've looked at applicants who've applied to us. And we've never turned somebody away unless there was a huge, like, no boss kills. Like if they if they haven't killed anything and they're applying to like a five out of twelve hard mode guild, well then there's gonna be some issue. But if there's potential there, like if there's talent and if you if you have logs that you can include and they can see that you're not dying to stupid or that you performed really, really well, that's a good sign. And and that I, I can honestly say that in the two guilds I've been in so far, that I have never seen a good applicant turned away over gear. The only time gear has ever been used as an excuse is if the person was bad in other areas. Is like their application was poorly done, or they had a really bad attitude, or they didn't show up for the interview, or you know things like that. Then gear makes a really good cop out of. Oh, I'm sorry, your gear. Mm. But if, if the app is really good and everything else looks really good, it's can we fix this? Can we make this work? And if we can, they will. So I'm very optimistic about the fact that you're gonna find somewhere, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't worry about that. I honestly yeah, wouldn't. It's- it's hard to say because, like, the type of rating I'm looking for, those kind of guilds, they're, they're usually, bet- like, around 7, 7 to 9 out of 13, and i 9 out of 12, normal mode, and, yeah, I, I just don't think I'll be taken seriously, but then when Fireland comes out, everything's getting reset, so I think, they, you know, this is, like, a good time to start shopping. But you also look at it, too. Okay, when I left Apotheosis, I was... 9 out of 12, I believe, because I wasn't there for... No, I was 10 out of 12. We'd killed... They had killed Conclave. I was not there for that. So I was 10 out of 12. I had no heroic experience. The guild that picked me up was 2 out of 13 in hard mode. So they were 4 bosses ahead of me at that point. Yeah, they but see, took... I'm going like 10 bosses ahead of me. Like, you, left, you left Apotheosis much earlier. Like You didn't leave them like, last week. Like, right, you, I'm just... you, you, you're not jumping ahead as much as I need to. I, I still think you're going to be okay. <laughs> I don't worry for you. I really don't. And I, I also know like that you're not going to... Letters, like, <laughs> from people. She's really good. She doesn't tunnel vision. She doesn't well, fight just... very often. She two-man fights with the tank all the time. Well, you don't normally see me be this positive, but I really do. And especially, like, I also think that you're not going to be the person to just let someone throw gear at you. Like, I think you are going to spend the next couple of weeks or even months or however long it takes you to get your job sorted out. You're going to be grinding, rap. I know that you're going to be doing anything you can to better yourself. You're not just going to show up twirling your hair and going, 7 out of 12, I need some upgrades. No, you're going to be saying, hey, I managed to get these upgrades in the process. You know, I may be only 7 out of 12, but I, again, I have all the confidence in the world that you're going to be fine. Uh, 
I hope you're right. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I'm looking forward to that. Um, I think you're going to be fine. Um, are any of your professions, do you have any new recipes coming out? Yeah, blacksmithing. Okay. Yeah. Uh, pretty good, too. Um, like, I'm starting to – well, once I have time to play, I actually haven't logged in a WoW other than to raid. Um, but, yeah, I'm going to start farming those uh, Arden Elementiums and uh, trying to buy some True Golds, uh, Volatile Fires. You blacksmithing blacksmiths out there, you know, get the chaos orbs. You want the volatile fires. You want the hardened elementiums. Any changes to your class? I know there's been some blue posts about mastery for you guys. Yeah, yeah, lots of changes. I'm not too sure what they are, though. I'm sorry, I'm a horrible paladin blogger. That's okay. I just I know there's been some discussion about it, so I didn't know if you were. Yeah, I've read a little bit, but I not enough to be able to comment. At least your class is being talked about. <laughs> yeah, I think your priests are kind of left out again. And it's so weird because it's it's not even that we're getting told you're fine. We're leaving you alone. Okay, bye. Nothing. It's it's silence. It's crickets. It's the kind of silence where you're going, okay, are they leaving us alone because we're good the way we are or because they're just brewing something bad or something's brewing in the future? We don't know. And, and I know there was a water cooler you know, Ghost Crawler did something where he tried to explain the changes and he explained why certain classes were being affected the way they were. We didn't even get mentioned. There wasn't even a, we are leaving priests alone because of X. It was just nothing. It was all about shadow priests. And there's some work to be done. I mean, granted, I'm not feeling nearly as bad as other people are. Like, there are some people that are basically saying that holy is dead and i know a couple of holy priests that have openly said they will be going disc for firelands because they just don't feel that holy can keep up i'm not one of them but there is some work to be done there is some room for improvement we're not dead but we're not where we should be and um i'm really hoping that some of this gets addressed in the healer developer chat that's coming out soon or that should be finalized soon but i'm kind of worried i don't know I don't like this. And maybe I got really lucky or really spoiled with looking forward to something in every patch. I don't have anything class-wise. I'm going in with the same toolbox. The spells do the same things. My talents probably aren't going to change. My gear probably won't change. My gear is even kind of strange. Like, there's a lot of a lot of the pieces don't have spirit on them, which kind of worry me because I've always been that girl who wants spirit on everything. I hate taking a piece that doesn't have spirit on it. So that really worries me. Uh, I'm worried. I'm really worried. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> like, I'm excited about the Firelands, but in terms of I worry about the transition period quite a bit. Um, my guild that I'm in right now has made jokes about go disc or go home. I don't want to be disc, and I'm not going to be disc. Um, so I don't know. I really don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> I don't know. But I am looking forward to Firelands. I, um, I'm looking forward to the encounters. I've read up on them a little bit. The encounter journal has gotten a lot of fuss. Um, so I'm just looking forward to new things. I'm tired of looking at these bosses. So it'll be nice to have something new to look at. And new, new, new loot is always fun. You know, we're tired of looking, lo looking like we do. <laughs> so that should be exciting. But, yeah. um, yeah, I don't know. Are there any changes that you wish would have happened? Like that you feel weren't covered or that you, you know, wish they would have done? I know there was some, I know the Abyssal Maw was something they were planning on working on. It was supposed to be a new five man or a new five man heroic that was water based. And they said that they scrapped that for Firelands. And I know some people were bummed about that. I know that there was talk of the cross-realm grouping, where you could group with your real ID friends. That doesn't look like it happened. Was was there anything like that that you wish they would have covered this time around? Or were you pretty satisfied? Yeah, 
not really. So I haven't really had the opportunity to think about it. I, uh, I wish that the Gill Finder were a little bit more helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I really, like, and it's the problem with all the recruitment tools out there is that none of them, you, you can't sort any of them by raid time. And to me, that's the most important thing. Like, that's the number one thing I'm going to look for for a guild, because if I can't raid at their times, then it doesn't matter how nice they are or how progressed they are, I can't play with them. So, and, yeah, you really, and when you're on such a restricted schedule the way I am, it's really hard to find a guild. So I'd say that's, you know, my on my wish list would be having the guild finder tool sort of pulled by, um, yeah, sort of pulled by raid times. I actually don't know any raiding guilds that, that use the dungeon finder or the, the guild finder. To my knowledge and in my experience, it's only casual guilds. Oh, my um, server, everybody uses them. Really? Yeah. Well, yeah, I haven't I, really looked, but now that, like, I talk to other guilds on our server, and it seems like everyone uses them. Hmm. Yeah, I used it for, like, when I leveled my Lobi, I think I put her in for a while, and then I, I joined Sinwise's guild, so um, so that's fun. It's nice to, you know, see Sinwise regularly and Druid Main and all those other people. It's amazing how many bloggers or Twitter people are in his guild. I, I just got so many hellos when I joined, and people knew who I was, and I didn't know if they were just readers. I was like, how do they know my name? And and then they would as they would identify themselves, and it was like, holy God. And um, so I did that temporarily, and the few minutes that I spent in it, I didn't see anybody really serious. And I also can't imagine that you would be able to glean a lot about somebody from the Guild Finder. Like, I would still want to see an application. I would oh, yeah, but it's just learning, looking to see which guilds recruit, what time they play. I mean, it's hard on the forums because the forum, like, someone will, you'll post and your post will get buried. If you bump it, you, like, they, they delete it. And, yeah, with the guild fund, you, you log on, you say, okay, these guilds are recruiting. They rate at this time. It's a 25 man guild. This is a 10 man guild. You, you just have the list right in front of you. And then, yeah, then you go on the webpage. Like, it's just a list, you know? And then when you see something that might interest you, then you can go on their webpage. And it's just so much easier. Yeah, and I didn't do it, and I admit that I didn't spend enough time in there to know enough about it. So I was under the impression that you you put your name out there and they scoop you up, like based on what you put out there. I didn't know that you I think could continue. You can, you can do that, but you don't have to. Okay, see, that's where I had the misconception, because I was going to say, I can't imagine that just by checking all of those little boxes that a guild's going to know enough about you, or a serious guild, to say, you're rating material, come join us. I would imagine there would need to be some Yeah, I think areas. in that direction, it would be more casual guilds. But even still, if I saw someone, if I were a recruiter, and I saw someone on the guild finder who wasn't gilded, and, you know, I might armory them, and see if they're, you know, if they're ser- they look like a serious player, I might, like, you know, strike up a conversation, and, um, like, Good recruiters that I've met in the past, that's actually how they recruit. Is they see somebody who's not gilded, who's wearing decent gear, they're like, hey, uh, you looking for a guild? Um, I have a guild. See, I'm used to them doing that when I'm level 27. <laughs> you know, you get those weird recruiters where they're like, do you need a guild? And I'm like, uh, I'm 27. Yeah, well, you've probably like, never you been know. level 85, and well, like max level and ungilded for very long. Have you met me? <laughs> I've been through but two you guilds. Switch guilds. You go pretty quickly. Like you leave a guild. You, you're, by the end of the week, you're in a new guild. But I, just, I mean, I've been guildless in a big city. And I'm nobody... not saying all guilds are good like that. It's just <laughs> really good recruiters. Like the people that I've met, you know, there's always that one really friendly person in the guild. And how they would get other people into the guild is they just make up a conversation with someone who wasn't in the guild. And uh, yeah, if you're looking for a guild, though, I got one of those. 
or maybe it's just too intimidating. Because so I, I do have some gear, so maybe they look at me, and I'm, maybe I'm not. <laughs> I'm not trying to sound cocky, but maybe they're just like, "We, oh god!" Because right. I know there's that you too. Have or, that on your server, but it, you probably don't just play without a guild tag very much. Uh, yeah, that's and true. other servers might be different too. I mean, Nerzol is a pretty outgoing server. Uh, I know, and, and you know, the people I met might have been the exception, but like to me, there always seems to be just one person per guild who's just really friendly, and they they just recruit people by the dozen. Well, I was also on two servers where we had basically outlasted the competition. I mean, we were on Aldrathalus where most of the top guilds had fallen apart um, or had, you know, become 10-man guilds. So Apotheosis was one of the few 25-man standing. Um, so that was a good thing. And then on the other realm, I was on Kelderai. Kelderai was really quiet. I think it was still technically a new player server or maybe even low population. So again, we basically just outlasted the competition. And I think the top guild on the realm folded like weeks before I left and they were starting to trickle into our guild. Um, so again, it's just, I mean, and you're right, maybe it's just been the kind of realms that I'm on where now I'm on a realm that's highly overpopulated i need to log on early to make sure i'm in because otherwise the realm is full you skews horde i mean the horde outnumbers the alliance thousands to one even it's disgusting so it's it's definitely a change and i think if god forbid anything happened with this guild maybe that would happen but um yeah i just probably haven't been in the right environment to be scooped up like that so yeah and i i don't know how often it happens i just like both of the guilds I've been in, like not not my current guild, but uh, Red Tier, my very first guild, it was like that. We had one guy who was really outgoing, and he used to recruit a lot of people just by you know just by talking to them. And same thing with Conquest, we had this one guy who was very friendly, and he'd just bring a lot of people in. I mean, they weren't always good people; they didn't always last. But you know, for each ten, you know, for each ten person he'd bring in, like one would end up sticking around and being a really good player. Yeah, well, recruitment's so weird these days anyways. You know, I think a lot of recruiters, most of the recruiters I talk to are either tired or they're desperate. Like, they're the ones where it's like, do you want to join my guild? Of course you don't. Why am I bothering? Or you get the ones that are just, they have level ones. They're in your city. They're whispering you. They want you now. They want you to come on their vent. They want you to know how they raid. They're just fucking do it. And it's a a weird time to be looking for a guild. And I actually have a post coming about that, so I don't want to give too much away. I'm looking for a guild. Yeah. I can't imagine for I've long, had, though. I've had a couple you. of people offer, except for they're uh, like they'll say, "Oh, you could join our guild," and I'm like, "Well, are you a West Coast 25 man serious rating guild?" They're like, "No, we're an East Coast 10 man casual guild." And it's like, <laughs> you know, it's funny you mention that because when I was looking for a guild, and even the second go around, it was all West Coast guilds. I didn't have most of the guilds that were looking me up, and you can even still find my thread on the guild recruitment boards. Most of the guilds that were hitting me up were the West Coast 25ers, where they were great in every other aspect except that, where when I would say to them, great, what time do you raid? We raid seven West Coast. Yeah, that's nine o'clock my time. I can't do that. <laughs> so I wish you would have been me. Yeah, there's a lot of seven West Coast. I'm having trouble finding like nine o'clock West Coast, but I'm going to wait to see my work schedule because I might be able to raid earlier. Um, but yeah, uh, but I had this, I, you always like find what you, you're not looking for. Maybe you just notice it more because it's more frustrating. But when I was in Newfoundland looking for an East Coast guild, at one point I thought I wouldn't have one. And all I could find were West Coast guilds. Now that I moved to the West Coast, all I find are East Coast guilds. So I think maybe <laughs> you just notice it more. 
Could be, especially because you're not really fielding serious offers when you're taken. You know, you're in a guild. You're not really getting offers thrown at you like that. You're not having – you don't really pay attention to the guild recruitment boards. You don't think of those things. You know, But when you're alone or ungilded, you're right. It does become more available to you because you have a need for it. It's an actual need, and you, know, you it's are – frustrating when you can't find exactly what you're looking for. So all you notice is the frustrating ones. You don't notice the, the ones that could – yeah, maybe that would work. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's something for everybody, so I think you'll do fine. So, anything else we feel the need to look back on, or that we're happy to get rid of, or? No, I think I said my piece. Yeah, me too. I'm just happy that we're here. I mean, you know, yeah, we're on, what, episode five. This is really fun to record. Like, you know, we're just chilling. I'm sitting here with my coffee. Well, I'm almost finished my coffee now. The coffee's going to end up coming out the other. Well, I just mean that we're here. I mean that we're episode five. We're doing well. People seem to enjoy it. Like, I mean, the fact that we're, you know, we're, that's another thing we can honestly say is, you know, we did this in that tier. In the last so many months, you know, we started this podcast, and I'd like to think we'll be here through Firelands and beyond, and I'm just glad we're still doing the damn thing. <laughs> so that's cool. Did you ever think we wouldn't be? I didn't know. I, I mean, I really didn't. I mean, I'm honestly surprised by everything that's happened. You know, I really didn't think that anybody listened. Like, I thought we were just doing this for ourselves. And even with my blogging, you know, my blogging's picked up a little bit too. And I just didn't expect any of this. I didn't expect to be guesting, people wanting me to be a guest on their podcast. I didn't think that I would have a podcast partner, a serious partner that's not going anywhere. And, and that we would be attracting the guest hosts that we've attracted and that we get the comments that we get. Um, it's just really cool. Like this whole it all happened in this first seven months. Like that's really awesome that we were able to do that. So that's really cool too. And you know, I, I you know, I'm I'm happy. I'm pretty. I walk away with that as a fond memory. So. <laughs> um, so other than that, I don't think we have anything else. Um, we are still looking for guest hosts. We need you guys to tell us. Tell us what you want. We will do it for you. Tell us what you want to talk about. Um, if you think you're somebody that can get along well with us and that you have something to bring to the table, tell us. We'd love to have you because, um, really, we are looking for guest hosts. And we have a couple people in mind, but we would love some suggestions. And, you know, we really want to talk about what you want us to talk about. You know, we're willing to go there. If there's something you think is not being represented or you're not getting enough of, we will fill that void for you. So tell us. We are not that podcast that does not want to hear feedback back we do um see us on itunes email us tweet us visit our blogs tell us what you want we will do it for you so um if there's nothing else it's been good talking to you yeah and uh hopefully in two weeks we'll have another show we'll yeah. be back on we'll be back on schedule Yes, and we will be able to talk about, I mean, we'll have had at least a week or two to soak up Firelands. I would imagine we'll have some opinions about that. We'll hopefully have something really great to talk about outside of that. Yeah. Um, hopefully an awesome new guest host. <laughs> You'll be moved in by then, I hope. Yes. Okay, I will be I so will not have any of my stuff. I will be camping in my apartment, but I will bring my laptop and my headphones. You'll be, like, back in the hostel again, like, this is hopefully the double O podcast. Oh, that will be a <laughs> No, that'll be fine because you know I'll be half, I'll be in my apartment and like okay. you know, it's a, it's a decent apartment. I just like you know last minute moving, so my stuff doesn't get until the beginning. Won't get to me until the beginning of August, so I have a month of camping in my apartment. But it'll be a shame though. We could have had like a whole whisper episode. Like I'll turn out all my lights. Well, we could do that. I'll sit in the corner too. <laughs> oh, we could do it by candlelight too. Like <gasps> lights. I mean, you guys can see it, but you know, there'll be the ceiling. Like it'll ooze through the speakers. And we can wear, like, silk pajamas like they do in that TLC video? Yeah. Yeah. Where we go? 
next episode figured out. <laughs> and I'll be I'll have done a couple more raids with the new guild, so I can either cheer about that or complain about that. We should have some ammo for the next one for sure. So come back soon. Yeah, and have a great two weeks. Bye. Bye. Bond. James Bond.